the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Home Depot has fallen. At least it has in Canada. The New York Post got a hold of a notice that was posted at Home Depot, at a Home Depot, I should say, in Calgary. Uh, It was reminding employees of the benefits of white privilege. And the title of the notice was, quote, Leading Practices Dash Unpacking Privilege. Because, you know, what could be more of a sign of privilege than working noon to nine at Home Depot in Calgary, Alberta? The U.S. headquarters at Home Depot says it did not originate there and that it came from the Canadian division. So they're, you know, passing the buck there. But anyway, workers were urged to discuss their white privilege and they were told that, quote, the word white creates discomfort, especially when individuals are not used to being defined or described by their race, whatever that means. Here are some of the greatest hits from the flyer. These are good ones. If you can expect time off from work to celebrate your religious holidays, you have Christian privilege. I guess that's talking about expecting time off for Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, Muslim holidays. I don't know, for which I guess you're supposed to be ashamed of your whiteness if it's Christmas, and not only that, but ashamed for your Christianness. Here's another one, quote, If you're confident the police exist to protect you, you have white privilege. I'm just throwing it out there. I have no idea what you're supposed to get out of that. How about this? If you can use public bathrooms without stairs, that's S-T-A-R-E-S. If you can use public bathrooms without stairs, fear of anxiety, you have cisgender privilege. And, quote, if you don't have to worry about how to get into a store, you have able-bodied privilege. And then there's this one. If you don't, quote, if you don't have to explain that your spouse is of the same gender, what do you have? You have heterosexual privilege, you rotten person, you. So if you work at this Home Depot in Calgary or who knows, any Home Depot in Canada, I don't know, uh, and you happen to be white, Boy, do you have a lot of things to apologize for. And we've done a good job here of chronicling the uh, stupidity in Canada. It's mind-boggling, and it is really hard to keep up. But it's also just proof that wokeness is a worldwide plague and getting worse every day. And speaking of wokeness, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the insanity that's uh, come out of the hearings for a Supreme Court justice this week. You probably know what I'm talking about. And in our second half hour... Another indication that just about anything goes on this show. We go from Supreme Court justice to me talking to one of my students at Waynesburg University. His assignment was to co-produce a documentary on the state of baseball. And the title the students came up with was Left for Dead. Stick around. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. 
Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-845-9079 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-845-9079. That's 800-845-9079. What do you have to lose? Call 800-845-9079. Again, 800-845-9079. You've all heard it in the news, folks. Heating costs are surging through the roof. But right now, Eden Pure is offering an amazing discount on their Gen 40 heater. This 5-pound Gen 40 produces 50% more heat than the big box heaters that are 7 times its size. The Gen 40 superheater is efficient. It produces infrared heat using advanced micro-solid-state technology with built-in safety shutoffs, and it comes with a remote control for you. So for a limited time, the Eden Pure Gen 40 is 200 dollars off the regular price. People all over the country are reporting massive savings on their heating bills. So keep warm and save money because right now it's the perfect time to buy more than one. Go to EdenPureDeals.com Use discount code RADIO20. That's RADIO20 and you'll get an additional $20 off. That's $220 total savings by going to EdenPureDeals.com right now. Use discount code RADIO20. That's RADIO20 and shipping is free. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com World Missionary Evangelism is partnering with a church in the Ukraine to meet the needs of those who have been hit by the Russian invasion. Needs include basic household items as well as places to live. If you can help us today with this compassionate outreach, then call us at 1-800-501-2851. That's 1-800-501-2851. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. All right. We are efforting, as I've uh, been known to say, um, for um, our, our guest uh, and we're not able to get a hold of her right now, so we will um, tap dance, I guess. I'm, uh, I'm looking at the lights here, and we have no guests. That's the way it happens sometimes in radio. Uh, let's just go back to uh, uh, something that I was going to say anyway, and I didn't think I had time to get into it, uh, because, uh, and I thought of it because of the, uh, the story I, I just gave you in the open um, about what uh, was the, the message that was given to the, the employees at the Home Depot in Calgary, and it's all about white privilege and making sure you understand your white privilege. Um, I start. I thought about uh, saying this, and then I thought, eh, maybe I shouldn't get into this, but the, the, this thing that bothers me about privilege, whether it's white privilege, just white privilege, uh, this whole thing about white privilege, is that sometimes... People are privileged, but often privilege is earned. For example, you might have a uh, a guy who's a very successful attorney or doctor 
living in Fox Chapel or Mount Lebanon in a really big house, and you and and he's white, and his name is uh, I don't know it's an Italian name, okay, and he's accused if that's the right word of it being in possession of white privilege. Okay, he's rich. He lives in a really big house. He lives in the United States of America. He's white. And if you want to call that privilege, okay. But what if, what about his, I don't know, let's say his grandfather, or if maybe his great-grandfather, uh, showed up on the shores of the United States in, um, uh, I don't know, 1900, uh, came from Italy, and then had no money, you know, a couple bucks in his pocket maybe, couldn't speak the language, came here, uh, there was no welfare for him, and he fended for himself, and somehow managed to have a nice successful fruit stand or something in New York, made some money, and and then a couple of generations later, uh, you have the guy living in Fox Chapel or Mount Lebanon, the very successful doctor or attorney, making tons of money. Um, that privilege that that person in Fox Chapel or Mount Lebanon has was earned. It was earned by his great-grandfather or grandfather, and that was the whole point of of his great-grandfather deciding to leave Italy and come to the United States. And you could pick pick an ethnic group, and it's the same with all of them. Uh, the difference, of course, is that... Uh, uh, there are many black people in the country who are the descendants of people who did not choose to come here and had to live uh, over here in terrible conditions and live as slaves for generations. Um, and they don't and they they had to struggle and they were not able to make their move up the up the uh, up the totem pole up up the uh, the the strata of um, of society uh, as quickly because of discrimination and um, bad laws that allowed uh, them to be um, discriminated against. But th- that's all true. But that should not make the guy in Fox Chapel or Mount Lebanon feel like he has anything to apologize for. That's not his fault. Uh, it doesn't make him a racist, which is what they're teaching kids in school that, you know, if you're white, you're just you're just automatically a racist, um, and it has nothing. He, he this the, the the they're expecting people like this guy and and me and maybe you if you're a white person, they're expecting you to feel bad about this privilege that you have. And if you want to go back, you can go all the way back to the to the 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 white men who came over on those three ships with Columbus. They left um, Spain. And uh, half of them probably were afraid, that if not more, were afraid that they might fall off the edge of the planet on their way over here. Uh, what do you think that trip was like? And they got here and they did whatever they had to do, and not everything they did was great. Uh, but uh, there are people here in the country, they didn't land in the United States, what is now the United States, but you know, you know how that worked, you know what happened. It ended up with lots of people coming over for the New World, including the pilgrims, more white people from Europe who decided that they didn't like things the way they were in uh, England, and they got on a ship. How long did it take back then? A couple of months to get over here? They landed on the shores up there in Massachusetts in a country that was uh, inhabited by uh, savages, who were out to kill them. Not everything they did in dealing with the savages was great, but they they decided to come here. And there are plenty of dis, uh, uh, people who are brag about being descendants of uh, the people who came over on the Mayflower and are they are they uh, but they're they're expected to apologize for uh and 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 admit that they have some privilege that uh, that they should have to justify. That privilege was gained because some white people from England decided to load up a bunch of ships and go through a grueling, dangerous, nasty voyage 
to come over here and then almost starved to death, all of them, and they survived it, and they formed a pretty good country, which has made it uh, uh, a country that has made it pretty good for everybody, including black people eventually. wasn't great for black people in the beginning, uh, and that's it's still in the process, I guess you could say, of being fixed, not fixed fast enough for a lot of people. And again, you know, for, to sit here as a white guy, I can't put myself in the position of being a black person and know what it's like to this day, what kind of discrimination they uh, put up with or what they think they put up with. But this whole idea of privilege as though that that you, every this guy who's a, a doctor or an attorney and makes a lot of money – that he woke up one day and he was just uh, so privileged that he it was so easy for him to achieve all these things that he's supposed to feel so privileged about. And there's a lot of hard work involved, including for the guy who's the uh, the the, uh, the doctor or the lawyer. They had to do, work hard to go through a, a process and and enter a really competitive field. So I don't. There's just nothing to it for any white person who hasn't actually done something to hurt another group as far as discriminating against them in some way or harming them in some way. There's nothing for anybody to apologize for. Nothing. I am, I'm not apologizing for anything over here. I did nothing to apologize for. Um, I don't know what my ancestors did. I don't know that much about my ancestors. I'm not into that all that much. But I uh, don't care what they did. You know why? Because I had nothing to do with it. So I just don't understand why people have the patience that they do for, um, for, the, for this whole idea of, of white privilege. And uh, it needs to go away, and it's not going to. It's only going to get worse. And, and what I told you about that uh, story about um, Home Depot is a perfect example uh, why. Um, and I, and uh, it's... it's Oh, it's it's really it's only beginning. We're only seeing isn't it? We're not even close to being finished with this stupidity. It's a, it's a relatively new thing, um, you know. It's um, and and it's and it's more pervasive. It's 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 spreading. They're teaching kids in school. Hey, they're teaching people at Home Depot. They're teaching people at Home Depot that they're supposed to feel bad about whatever group they belong to that's supposed to be privileged. I guess it's mostly white privilege. Um, and so, you know, is it ever going to end? I don't think so. Well, I, we were hoping to have Libby Emmons on uh, from uh, the post-millennial, and uh, it doesn't look like we're going to get her. So I'm going I'm to just tell you some of the stuff she, she had in her piece that I wanted to talk to her about. She's talking about uh, uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson and what she said at the hearing uh, I guess it was on Tuesday, not yesterday, Tuesday. And, you know, well, just imagine if, if you, uh, I like to use this um, example all the time, you were in a coma for 10 years. You woke up Tuesday morning and somebody said, hey, yeah, you've been gone for 10 years, you missed a lot, but hey, today they're, uh, they're having a hearing for the, for the, uh, the, the woman who was nominated uh, for a Supreme, to be a Supreme Court justice. I want you to tune that in, and you turn it in. You tune it. Uh, you turn it on. You tune it in, and you see a United States senator ask this black woman, who's the nominee, "Can you define the term woman?" And she says, "No, I'm not a biologist." Now you're sitting in the room. Now remember, you just got. You just came out of a coma, and you're sitting with somebody who's been awake for these ten years. And don't you look at him and you go, wait a minute. Well, first of all, why are they asking her that? And what kind of an answer is that? Why does she need to be a biologist to be a to be to be a, to know whether what, to define a woman? And I saw I saw a cartoon today on Twitter. It's a it's a couple in a delivery room, and the baby has just been delivered, and the doctor, uh, and the and the. And the uh, woman who's just given birth says to the doctor who's holding the baby up, is it a boy or a girl? And he says, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. I, I, I can't tell you. I can't help you. So um, so that's what she said. But what Libby's point was, by by saying she's not a biologist, was an admission that it's biology that we're talking about, that you're either a man or a woman because of biology. So 
Uh, and and but the, the amazing thing that came out of her piece to me was that there are <laughs> this this is unbelievable. The, no, she said I can't give you an answer because I'm not a biologist. Okay, there are actually real biologists, and and Libby Evans gives um, examples of it. There's a guy, an evolutionary biologist named Colin Wright. He was run out of the, 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 I guess, the evolutionary biology community for saying, quote, male and female are not social constructs but are real biological categories that do not fall on a spectrum. This guy has a Ph.D. in evolutionary biology, and she could, as Willoughby writes, she, he could probably help Jackson by providing a, a definition for the word woman, but this guy... Uh, Colin Wright, apparently, he suffered big time for having made that ridiculous statement that it's not a social construct. Um, and so that's just one example. There's other. There's other, a couple other examples here of actual biologists who were, you know, threatened with losing their jobs for saying, <laughs> talking about biology, you know, uh, that men are men and women are women, and uh, it's it's uh, people like Tucker Carlson, the Babylon Bee, uh, other people have been knocked off of Twitter. I was knocked off of Twitter for one day for something I said about our Aunt Rachel Levine. I forget what it was. Might have been the fact that I said he was a man, and you're not allowed to say that. That's that's enough. Um, and then there's this woman named Carol Hooven. She's a biology professor. At Harvard, she was called transphobic for referring. <laughs> this is again. This is why. This is what you'd have to explain to the person who just got up from the coma. She was called transphobic for refusing to refer to pregnant women as pregnant people. Uh, the I. She says that uh, the I, ideology seems to be that biology really isn't as important as how somebody feels about themselves or feels their sex to be. She was interviewed on Fox and Friends, and uh, she was taken to task by the director. This is this is the big problem that someone like this exists. The director of the Diversity and Inclusion Task Force said, "Quote." Now, this is remember now. Who, what did I say? She was a uh, a biology professor at Harvard. Her name is Hooven, uh, and this person. Um, at the, uh, the director of the Diversity and Inclusion Task Force said, quote, I am appalled and frustrated by the transphobic and harmful remarks made by a member of my department in this interview with Fox and Friends. Let's be clear, if you respect diverse gender identities that aim to use pro- correct pronouns, then you would know that people with diverse genders, sexes, can be pregnant, including trans men, intersex people, and gender nonconforming people. That isn't too hard for medical students to understand. Medical students are supposed to understand that it's not about biology, but it's about who you want to be or who you think you are. And then there's Deborah So, a Canadian scientist. She wrote a book called The End of Gender, and she left the field of scientific research because she expressed the view that men and women are real biological entities and it was not tolerated by her peers, according to Libby Evans. So argued that there are only two sexes, and uh, that wasn't good. Uh, and in saying that uh, male and female are terms of biological science, the, uh, the Supreme Court nominee unwittingly overturned the Biden administration's entire gender identity program, which has conflated biological sex with gender identity. So that's what you're dealing with. There are actual biologists... <laughs> Losing their jobs at not a not a high school pr- professor or teacher at Yale and Harvard, they are losing their jobs for making the outrageous statement that men and women are different because of biology. Unbelievable! I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. 
Meeting with world leaders in Brussels, President Biden taking on issues dealing with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Later in the news conference, he was asked if NATO would launch a military response should Russia use chemical weapons. I'm not going to give you intelligence data, number one. Number two, we would respond. We would respond if he uses it. The nature of the response would depend on the nature of the use. At the U.N. today, the General Assembly has overwhelmingly approved a resolution blaming Russia for the humanitarian crisis and urging an immediate ceasefire and protection for millions of civilians in the homes, schools, and hospitals critical to their survival. The vote in that resolution, 140 to 5, only Belarus, Syria, North Korea, and Eritrea joining Russia in opposing the measure. This is SRN News. Spring cleaning is upon us, but there's one meaningful box that you don't throw away when cleaning out your closet. It's the box filled with your family's important videotapes, film reels, and photos. Hi, I'm Adam Baselogger. And I'm Nick Mako. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago to help families organize and update their analog media to digital. Legacy Box is simple and easy. It works and is safe. Over a million families have trusted Legacy Box. And Legacy Box has been featured in Good Housekeeping, The Today Show, and Rachel Ray. Legacy Box is like magic, converting your shoebox of memories to the cloud or thumb drive, ready to watch and share. Declutter your closet by digitizing your media. Become more organized and accomplished, knowing your family's recorded past is safe forever. Take advantage of our spring cleaning sale going on now. It's the easiest task to check off your to-do list. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get an incredible 50% off your Legacy Box. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off while supplies last. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. The Ukraine's rejection of Mariupol's surrender has angered Russians, so they doubled down on shelling the city last night. Germany has said it's clinched a long-term deal with Qatar to provide liquid natural gas. So Russia has played themselves into an economic disaster that will be enduring. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Head out on the highway. Two powerful wheels. Riding season is around the corner and Pit Cycles has what you're looking for. This is John Stoggerwald. Stop by Pit Cycles today for a huge selection of bikes from KTM, Indian, and Triumph. 114 models to choose from in a fun, pressure-free environment. With demand high and supply limited, now is the time to order. Pre-order today for just a dollar in Warrendale next to Jurgles or at PitCycles.com. Pit Cycles! Do you think losing weight is just too expensive? I'm Dr. Ashley Lucas with PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. Our program is 30% less expensive than Nutrisystem and Jenny Craig and 40% less expensive than physician-led programs. Not to mention how much less expensive it is than risky medical procedures like gastric bypass or lap band surgery. If you find yourself needing to drop those pounds, visit myphdweightloss.com today. We'll be right beside you every step of the way. That's myphdweightloss.com. Hey, 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. 2223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway East, we're hanging on to inbound delays, Forest Hills to the tunnel, and from 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. On the Parkway West, inbound your delay running at about five minutes extra, Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. 4th Street shut down for movie shoot between Washington and Maryland Avenue's Oakmont area. Also shut down Delaware Avenue between Allegheny River Boulevard and 11th Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 39, a shower possible tomorrow morning. Otherwise, cloudy, breezy, and cooler with a shower in spots in the afternoon, high 46. Low clouds tomorrow night with a rain or snow shower in spots late, low 34. Chilly Saturday with a little snow at times, little to no accumulation. That'll mix with rain. It'll be windy in the afternoon with a high of 42. 
With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the Pirates play their home opener in less than three weeks, and to say there is zero buzz about baseball around here would be a gigantic understatement. I work as a consultant at Waynesburg University. I'm not officially a professor, kind of a coach. Uh, And the assignment for this semester in our sports announcing seminar class, uh, the assignment for these guys was to produce a documentary on a subject of their choosing. Uh, They decided on the state of Major League Baseball, and they got an A from me today. Uh, The title they chose was Left for Dead. Austin Bechtold is a junior. He comes from Baldwin. And he joins us now. Austin, thanks for coming on the show. How you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me on today. So um, did you guys decide uh, baseball has been left for dead before you did your research on this, or did you start out with that as a theme? Well, we saw with how everything was going with the lockout, 99 days, and just seeing the status of baseball, and we thought that it was the game was in a decent place but once we did some more research and really saw the progression of how major market teams have such a greater advantage against the smaller market teams like pittsburgh oakland cincinnati cleveland etc that we decided to come up with a title because if baseball doesn't do anything soon to be able to shift this and they just came up with a new cba that really didn't do much then the game is really i think in trouble well it's a good title because Left for dead means that, uh, to me, means that uh, certain people are left behind. You know, you were left for dead. That that would be uh, the Pirates, the Kansas City Royals, the Cincinnati Reds. They've been left for dead by the big market teams, right? Right, they have. And we saw that now after the new CBA came out. Oakland traded a bunch of their star players away in Cincinnati. Two teams that were competitive last season and had a chance at making runs and those major market deals, like, for example, one thing that I thought of is Freddie Freeman just signed a major contract with the Dodgers. He's like the fifth, sixth, or seventh biggest contract on their books. And comparatively speaking, Wander Franco for the Tampa Bay Rays is the only major money contract on their deal. So the discrepancy is very obvious, and even viewership of the World Series has gone down, and attendance numbers for the Pirates aren't too great either. So overall, baseball and The salary cap is, I think, the greatest thing that never gets brought up by anybody and, again, was not addressed at all in the latest CBA. And a salary floor was discussed in the very early stages of talks but never had any momentum. Well, you and I are a couple of generations uh, apart, and I grew up in Pittsburgh when the Pirates were king. Much uh, The Steelers were an afterthought. The Steelers were something to – that's how old I am. The Steelers were something to do – uh, in between pirate seasons, and it wasn't very good because they stunk. Um, but you are a 21-year-old junior in college, uh, and you'd like, and you're obviously majoring in broadcasting. Um, and uh, how are you? You were the only one who identified as a baseball fan when I asked uh, at the beginning of this semester. I said, uh, "How many of you guys actually would you know? Do you like baseball, or would have baseball as your favorite sport?" There are only seven guys in the class, but you were the only one who identified as a baseball fan. What happened to you? Why do you still you, – you, that's still your, your favorite sport? Yeah, it is, John, and, you know, I do. I love baseball. Uh, growing up, you know, those 2013, 2014, 2015 Pirates teams and really just captivating the city the way that the likes of McCutcheon and Alvarez, Burnett, Derek Cole – just the style that those guys played and, you know, winning 98 games in 15 and winning the wild card game, the Cueto game in 2013. That's what really drew me to baseball. And now to, to be honest with you, it, it's the NFL and football is really starting to catch up to baseball for me just because of the way that the pirates have been spiraling in a bad direction. And there's no competition that the pirates can have in terms of, higher market teams at this point, which it's really sad um, that really the Pirates have had four winning seasons since 1992, one that's forgotten about in 2018 with those 13, 14, 15 years, the major headliners. But that's what really drew me to baseball, and I'm, I'm kind of just hoping, I guess, at this point that something can change, not very optimistic uh, in the global landscape of baseball, but somewhat optimistic for the Pirates of what they're building in the minor leagues. But you never know if the prospects are going to hit at the same time. You, just to give you an idea, when I was your age, in, in, uh, it was 1970, 
And it was the beginning of a decade when the Pirates won division championships in 70, 71, 72, 74, 75, and 79. And, of course, they won World Series in 71, 79. So uh, I was your age, and I was paying. I was not working in broadcasting, getting free free seat yet. I was paying with my buddies to go see 50, 60 games a year. Uh, how many games do you go to now and – uh, and I'm assuming you have to pay. And do your you have friends who are willing to go to pirate games? I have some friends that are interested to go. Uh, sometimes the main attraction is just to be out in the ballpark on a warm summer's night. Uh, my dad and I used to go to games uh, in the heart of this last run for the Pirates, probably about 10, 12 games a year. But since about 2017, I mean, last year I went to two. 2020, nobody could go. 2019, I might have game. I might have went to one or two games. Um, you know, it's kind of the old saying, like in Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. If the Pirates can actually find a way to put a winning team on the field, people will show up. I mean, the Penguins have won five Stanley Cups and the Steelers three Super Bowls since the '79 World Series, and they always have consistently great numbers. And you know, part of that is competitive balance and salary caps being in those leagues. Uh, help Pittsburgh being somewhat of a small market to be able to help fund those teams to be able to get there. But in general for baseball, yeah, I have some friends that like want to go. Some are just not as interested. Um, some friends of mine and I formed a, actually a wiffle ball league a couple of years ago that we still are up and running that we're pretty proud of um, that kind of mirrors baseball a little bit. Um, but in general, we love the sport, we love the game, but it is hard whenever the, there is not a team that's very competitive or, um, as we've said, kind of a sport that has left some people for dead for fans where viewership of the World Series is about 57 years old, 58. So it's tougher for the younger generation than really just trying to see if a winner can come back to Pittsburgh, and that I think definitely will bring more people out, but it needs help. It needs to have some major progress. Now, you, uh, you, you guys came up with a good state uh, stat. We're talking to uh, Austin Bechtold. He's a, a, a junior at Waynesburg University, and he's in my class. And he, uh, with his uh, classmates, put together a documentary that was an assignment uh, for the whole semester and did a great job on it. And I thought it was a great title called Left for Dead, which describes what, to me, I've never heard a better definition for what Major League Baseball did to the Pirates. They left them for dead because of no salary cap and all the stuff that you know Austin just talked about. But one of the stats you came up with, which is something that has been out there for a long time, it's there for everybody to see, but I never really thought about it, is that the, the Pirates, uh, the Penguins, have combined for more championships <laughs> uh, than the Pirates have had winning seasons in the last, uh, what, 40 years, yeah. That's scary. It's staggering, and I would like to mention Brocco and Jeremiah Miller, Jesse Kane, and Alex Hughes were, were a part of the project right. with me. But, yeah, um, five championships for the Penguins. Now, obviously, part of that is because Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby and how dominant they are. And, I mean, let's be real here. The Pirates really had a guy other than Barry Bonds that has come close to being that type of impactful player. Andrew McCutcheon was great, but he wasn't Barry Bonds uh, in the heyday for the Pirates in the 90s. But that, that is what's just so outstanding to me because the NHL fought for so long to be able to get a salary cap and to be able to have this chance for the Penguins to retain players. Like Crosby, Denny Malkin, and Chris Letang have been together, what, 16 years or so? They're one of the longest, if not the longest, tendered trio in NHL history. And I'm not sure that that happens if they're playing in baseball. I mean, no. we're even seeing it from major market teams where they can't even keep some of their yeah. best players, whether it's a trio or yeah. even two even two great players. Or one. The, uh, Lanny Frateri is the other guy teaching you guys down there. Uh, and he and I both started, we're both the same age. We both started out um, as in our 20s doing, uh, being as baseball announcers. Everybody knows Lanny went on to end up doing the Pirates for over 30 years. But he and I both have uh, almost zero interest in baseball. And we are two old guys who loved baseball, and it was by far our favorite sport. So I just wonder how many more there, guys there are like uh, Lanny and, and, and me. But uh, you interviewed a lot of students for this piece that you did. 
And uh, you know, I think you just asked them if they're if they like baseball, if they're baseball fans. And I thought it was stunning. Again, these are these are guys your age, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one years old. Um, and I heard the word boring a lot. Yeah, there was boring. There was if people think that soccer is slow and tiresome, then they haven't watched a baseball game. One of the students said that um, it, it it is something that you know when strikeout rates. Four, four years in a row for full seasons, uh, not including 2020, where strikeouts overall has been like over 400, over 40,000. And home runs are up as well. People aren't pulling the ball in play as much, not as much action. And for a generation right now, my generation, that really the attention span is not that great for, for games. It's like football and basketball, I think, is really the dominant sport. Even hockey for this growing generation, we're definitely seeing hockey in Pittsburgh. But that's what I think where baseball is lagging behind as well. And they're going to try to institute the pitch clock, and that might do something. Universal DH just for the National League might make a change. But overall, the time of games is over three hours, and it wasn't like that many of years ago. Um, so there's so many different question marks that I think baseball has. And the new CBA didn't do anything for me to really be able to change that. The pitch clock maybe will cut the game down by five minutes, I think, if they're lucky. But nothing looks like it's going to be done to be able to change this. And that's just that's what's frustrating to me. And I know it's frustrating to you and a lot of other observers of baseball that now are starting to get a little bit tuned out. And as I said, I love the game of baseball, but it is hard when the team that you live in the city is not very good. And when you're an observer of national teams and you see it's always the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers and so forth, it's hard to be able to keep an audience when one third of the league can't really compete every year. And you came up with some figures on how long of the time of games uh, in your research for this piece about how uh, going back, I don't know if it was the 60s, I think you went back to, but the average time of a game and compared to what it is now. Yeah, the average now is over three hours, but back in 1960, one of the Pirates World Series years, the standard game was just over about two and a half hours. And that 30, that 30 minutes and change really is something that doesn't seem that staggering, but it, it really is. And maybe I'm just underselling how staggering it, it is. And it's playoff games as well in baseball, and all eyes are going to come to baseball for baseball fans for the playoffs, but even those games are going four hours and even extra innings. There's multiple different pitching changes. I think TV timeouts obviously do something. Local timeouts are shorter than national TV timeouts. That plays a factor players warming up so often, stepping out of the batter's box and, you know, changing out their gloves again and having to restrap everything up, stepping out, stepping back in, all these little things that, you know, time and seconds, they really add up. And back in 1960, there weren't as many pitching changes, obviously. A lot more players went and pitched complete games than there are now when the average starter right now is pitching uh, about five innings per game and then let the bullpen take over, or you have seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning setup man for the closer. John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure that that's necessarily how it was no. back in the, the 70s. And so so that, that's another thing that is making the games longer. There are guys who would have uh, star pitchers today will have half the number of career complete games than – the star pitchers back in the early day, earlier days, the sixties, seventies, even in the eighties, uh, those guys would have as many complete games in a year as the star pitchers will have so far in their career, spanning multiple years. So um, we're talking to uh, Waynesburg uh, student Austin Bechtold, who, uh, as an assignment from my class, put together a great documentary that actually everybody should look at because it, it has some great. Uh, Information in there about we just talked about the time of games and and the disparity and the payrolls and all that stuff, but um, just as important as that, you're still a young guy. You're 21 years old. You're not that far removed from being a little kid playing baseball. Um, what about your friends and you and uh, playing baseball growing up and 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 how much a part of your life was playing baseball? Not just you, but the guys you're in your class and the guys you run around with at school? I played very sparingly um, growing up for baseball, and I know a lot of my friends kind of were in the same boat. We, we grew up playing a lot of basketball. 
Um, I did not play football and neither did a lot of my friends, but it was really basketball and we actually played a lot of volleyball and, you know, baseball though, being in the summer and, you know, baseball standing alone, um, for a season where, you know, you don't have the NFL going on, you're training camp in the back half of the MLB season, but the NBA finals and the NHL Stanley cup playoffs are just concluding in the beginning of June. And so when you get into the heart of July and August, that's, that's baseball time. And, I did not really grow up playing baseball all that much, just enjoyed watching it. And I know a lot of my friends kind of were in the same boat. So we really do not. That's why I think some of my friends and I think some of my classmates as well, because Brock's really the only one that has the same liking for baseball that I do. I think that's one major disconnect, um, especially this being a major football factory in Western Pennsylvania. So I, I really think that if more people in this area, whether it be Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania or whatever, grow up playing baseball, there's going to be more of an attraction to it. But at the same time, how much of an attention span are you able to have? As I alluded to earlier for a game that as many describe it is slow. And I wouldn't call it boring there. I think there's a mythology to baseball that makes it unique and different than many other sports and why it stands alone as such a great sport. But I definitely see from an outsider's point of view on other people why they don't think that it's even worth playing the game and it's just too much standing around. It's amazing because uh, that just shows the difference in generations because um, that's all I did when I was a kid. I played baseball, and when I got older, I played softball. I was in softball leagues probably even when I was working in TV. I was still playing in good uh, competitive softball leagues until I was almost 40, I'd say. And you and your friends played volleyball. We didn't even know what volleyball was. Nobody had, heard of, had ever heard of lacrosse, and nobody played soccer. Nobody played any of those things. It was baseball. And to me, that's the problem that the Pirates have. Uh, how old's your dad? He just turned 60 last week. 50? 60. 60, okay. So he's old enough to remember the, uh, well, very much old enough to uh, re- have remembered the, the last World Series and, and even to remember a good part of the 70s. Um, and the difference is your dad took you to games, right? The reason yeah. The reason that your dad took you to games is because he grew up watching really good baseball. And to go to a Pirate game was such a, a great experience and a thrill that he wants you to, he's, he's hoping that you're going to feel the same way. But kids your age going to games are not going to pass that on to your kids because the Pirates stink. And that's why the Pirates, as you guys very well, uh, very aptly put in the title of your uh, piece, that's why they're on their way to being left for dead. So I'm out of time, Austin. But um, you got an A on the course, and I don't, I don't hand out a lot of A's. So, uh Great job, and thanks for coming on the show. I just wanted to get the perspective of a young guy and why baseball in Pittsburgh has been left for dead. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, John. Okay, and I'll see you in class, and I'll be – am I done? Yeah, I'll be – oh, okay. I don't know. Am I supposed to get out of here? Okay, I'll be right back. This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855-565-5519 or book online at Stand with IsraelTour.com 855-565-5519 or stand with IsraelTour.com We all want to eat healthy, but have you ever read the ingredients list off of your favorite snack? Between the hard-to-pronounce ingredients and man-made additives, it's difficult to find anything made from real, natural ingredients. Even some of my favorite organic snacks have ingredients I haven't heard of. 
At Balance of Nature, we know the value of real nutrition that can only be found in real food. That's why the only things you'll find on our ingredients list are real whole fruits and vegetables. No additives, fillers, or artificial ingredients of any kind. Balance of Nature is the best whole fruit and vegetable product on the market, delivering your body everything it needs to function at its very best. Eat better and feel better. Start your journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping and don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code BALANCE. This is the John Stacker Walt show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, there's a book uh if it's not out now, it's coming out soon about uh the uh the relationship between Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And it's pretty funny. Uh, there's a story about it today at the Daily Wire. But uh, my favorite part of it is that uh, Harris was uh, Kamala Harris was upset because the staff in the White House didn't stand uh, when she came into the room the way they did for the president. And she considered that a sign of disrespect. Um, two things. First of all, I would have no respect, zero respect for anybody who expected anybody to stand up when they came into any room. That would include if you were president of the United States. If I were president of the United States, that's probably not going to happen, but if I were ever to become president of the United States, one of the first things I would do when I saw people standing up when I came into the room would say, please, you're killing me. Don't stand up anymore. It makes me sick. Don't do it. It's ridiculous. Uh, You know, just I'm not a king, and and just don't stand up. So instead of uh, coming in and maybe taking that approach, Kamala Harris decides to come in and she can't wait for the idea. She's just, when she came in, she's thinking, boy, it's going to be great. When I walk into a room, everybody's going to stand up. And they didn't. So she's she's upset. It bothers her. And so she actually went in to the, uh, and spoke to Anita Dunn, who I believe is a, She's been around for a while. I believe she actually has admitted to being a Marxist, but I'm not sure about that. But anyway, uh, Anita Dunn, she went in and told her that uh, that she was upset that the, uh, the president's staff was not standing up when she came into the room. I don't know what Anita Dunn told her to uh, – uh, uh, I don't know what her response was, but she should have said, hey, uh, Kamala – Take a hike. Nobody's standing for you. The John Stagerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.